Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021, and this is day 1299 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you, praise you, and honor you. There is none like you. You are our sovereign God. There is absolutely nothing that goes on in this world that you don't know anything about. Nothing, as a matter of fact, can be take place unless you allow it. And thank you so much for giving us your um, your breath of life, creating us in your image. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Today's message is, uh, it's time to get organized and begin living a purposeful life with no diversions. Uh, So it's going to be one of those titles. (laughs) It's time to get organized or a purposeful life with no diversions. Um, I was a little torn here, so we'll know (laughs) when you get this uh, or when you go to um, anchor to our website to, to see or either go to our website and you'll see the title. So today's message is coming out of Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7. Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 and talking about how the disciples had to get organized and, you know, uh, and focus in on what their actual purpose was and not to get diverted uh, by other obstacles that uh, would come up, which would be conflict, right? (laughs) Conflict is normal. It is going to happen. So let's go to Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7. And uh, this is a little after the church started uh, in the book of Acts, after the Holy Spirit came upon the uh, disciples in the upper room, and it just blew up from there. I mean, Peter got up and he, you know, preached a message and thousands of people were saved and the church was growing. And now this is something that comes up. And and now let's go there. Acts 6, it says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Helianistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. So the Helianistic Jews, um, were more of the Greek, uh, Greek-speaking Jews or Christians, and it says they were probably Jews from the lands who had been converted at Pentecost. So the Greek-speaking Christians complained that their widows were being unfairly treated, and uh, they were complaining about that. And it more than likely was not intentional but it could have been because of a language barrier. So let's see what was going on with them. So the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So food was being distributed daily to the people. These were widows. Uh, They were already probably struggling because their husbands uh, had passed on. And typically, if they were a widow back in those days, they needed help from the community. And even these days, we're to help widows. If they don't have family members to help them, then the church should should help them. 
uh, verse 2 says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait tables. So they weren't belittling the food distribution, but this is how they described it and how the word of God was important to get out and that they did not need to stop doing what they were doing. So let's see what they did. Verse three says, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and would and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid hands on them. So when they laid hands on them, that that was um, a custom uh, of the Jews uh, at that time. And, and even now we do this. Um, it, you know, so that touching or laying on of hands uh, is something that you can find actually in uh, Numbers 27, verse 23, and also in Deuteronomy 34 and 9. But it says uh, it was a Jewish, an ancient Jewish practice was a way to set a person apart for special service. So we do that as well. Uh, we'll lay hands on them. And that is anointing that person for the work of God. So many others or sometimes just one or two of the pastor or whoever else will lay hands on them, pray for them. And uh, that is like sending them off and they're anointed to go forth and do what God has called them to do. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And, and that says a lot because then uh, priests were uh, the way to get to God. Uh, but now, uh, and, and after, you know, here they were sharing about Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah and how we no longer need to go through a priest to get to God. He is no longer the advocate to get to God. Um, Jesus uh, is our mediator. He is the one uh, that we go through to get to God. Uh, the Bible says, um, come uh, come through me, uh, come there is no uh, way to get to the Father except through me and uh, through Jesus Christ. And uh, that is important that we know that and understand that. And so when we pray, that's why we always say in Jesus' name, uh, because Jesus says, here it is, the scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we get through to the Father. And so that was a huge deal that these priests became obedient to the faith. All right, so let's get to our points. Point number one, don't let conflict sidetrack you from your purpose. This is a major tool, the enemy, our enemy, Satan. Understand that we have an enemy and his name is Satan. And he has 
several imps or demons uh, that are at his beck and command uh, until God uh, says their time is up. And uh, after the tribulation, they will be uh, locked up for eternity in hell. And God created hell for Satan and his followers, his demons, which were a third of the angels in heaven, followed Satan when he was put kicked out of heaven. And uh, anyone else here that follows after Satan too will be locked up in hell. That, but that was never God's intention. But we all have a choice. All right. So that is a major tool that the enemy uses to keep us from. Um, to keep us ineffective in building the kingdom of God. As you can see, the disciples did not allow this food situation to stop them from kingdom building. They did, however, take time to focus on the facts and use the wisdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to resolve the conflict. So you notice they didn't get all caught up in their emotions, although, you know, our emotions are real and we can, <laughs> but we don't we're not led by our emotions. All right. Please understand that we are led uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We must keep in step with the Holy Spirit as believers. And so we need to look at the facts and you notice that they brought it before the people and everyone was in, in agreement. Uh, they did not miss a beat. They made sure to appoint seven men full of the spirit and wisdom of God to handle the food distribution ministry. And you might say, wow, that's quite a bit. I mean, they had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They had to be, you know, uh, men of uh, that uh, were had strong integrity, uh, you know, doing the right thing when no one else is looking, uh, and, you know, holy and righteous and, and to do that ministry. And so we need to take it seriously as we're appointing people or as we're taking on assignments. And and it doesn't mean that you're not going to mess up from time to time. It just means that you're no longer practicing sin. You are a believer in Christ and, and you're excited about implementing the gift that are gifts that God has given you. All right. To build the kingdom of God and building the kingdom of God is about sharing the love of Jesus with others so that they too can be saved. And, and typically we start right where we are with our families. Once you come to know Jesus, you don't want to keep that to yourself. You want them to be saved because you want them to be in heaven as well. You don't want them to go to hell, you know, and, and I mean, you may not go to them like that, but whatever way my brother came to me like that. And it sure got my attention when I got saved over 40 years ago. And I, and it really got my attention. I'm like, what? I never heard of that. And, and I went to church with him and got saved that day in my life has not been the same since. And I've not looked back ever since. And it's just been exciting and awesome every day. Point number two, we all have our part in the body of Christ and every part of the body is important. So I'm going to run over here to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 15. Let me flip over. All right. So First uh, Corinthians 12, 15 uh, through 26. They're not very long verses. It says, and this is Paul speaking. He says, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, <laughs> I do not belong to the body. It would, uh, it would nor not for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear? Where 
would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, there would be, there, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So he's talking about the body of Christ and we all have our part to play. Uh, but he's giving this as an example. So our part to play is through the gifts God has given us. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. <laughs> and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need uh, need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. All right, here's a quick good example, I think. One day I hit my toe. This was a few years ago. <laughs> and I and it was around Thanksgiving, just like the day before, I believe. And I was cooking and my kids were all here and our kids, you know, um, and we're playing games. And, and at that time, I had my dog, Conrad, who was a boxer. And my granddaughter was probably about five or six. So it's been some years because she's 11 now. And I remember uh, going in the bedroom to get something and hit my big toe on some on the edge of the bed or something and it hurt so bad that I just fell to the ground and I was throbbing my whole body ached all right that one toe my whole body ached and I was just laid out there on that floor in my bedroom and I'm like help help and the only two that came to my rescue was my dog and my granddaughter and so my dog is like all breathing on me like what is going on like a you know like a breathing dragon you know making that snorting noise and then my granddaughter is like nana nana are you dead are you dead and i'm like no savea i'm not dead nana you're dead you're dead and <laughs> it was so funny but it, you know i was in excruciating pain so that toe <laughs> affected my whole body. And for that whole winter through spring, I had to wear uh, my, like a wider, like a boot every day. Not a special boot, but just a regular boot. And I had a hard time walking. And as it healed, my whole body rejoiced. <laughs> and I was so concerned that I wouldn't be able to wear regular shoes again. And everything healed just fine. But it took some time. So what part has God called you to fulfill? Don't let conflict set you back. As a matter of fact, even in conflict, the church grew just as it does today. We grow in conflict in our faith, perseverance, patience, grace. Uh, when my aunt was experiencing some conflict one day while serving the youth this summer, 
Uh, she was she would do the food, her and my mom, and they would prepare it and set everything out. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. That was one of their gifts. And they didn't just haphazardly do this. They they did it in a beautiful setup and all of that. And so some of the youth were like, you don't have this. You don't have that. You know, I need this and that. And, and they weren't meaning to be rude, I don't think, but they were coming across very rude. And so my aunt stepped away from the buffet table and, and came in where I was. She said, I need a break. I need to take a breather. She took some deep breath. She said, I can't take it at the moment. I need to calm myself down because I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> and my aunt Sheila is so cool, but she, and back in the day, I mean, she would have let you have it. And then now as a believer, she's like, no, I'm not. And she went back smiling and, and understood. She said, I know they didn't mean any harm. She calls them her babies. And, you know, it's just, we got to teach them. And so we're, we were teaching them how, you know, to be, show grace and how uh, to show manners and how to ask for things and that. So it was, it, it really uh, was a teachable moment, but, but I really was so proud of her impressed and impressed with her. Uh, so conflict should not divide us, but bring us closer together. All right. I, uh, there's another story I'll share with you. Uh, many years ago when I first started going to the church and my kids were little and, and they were going and my husband would come like maybe three times a year. He wasn't ready to start being in church like I was twice a week at least. And I wanted him there with me. So that was a conflict for me. And I'll never forget I would try to get him to come and, you know, oh, we're doing this, honey. You need to be there. And he's like, oh, I've got, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And he's a great provider. He does all those things. But I knew those were excuses. And the Lord told me, I, I'll never forget. He said, I've got him. You don't worry about what he's doing or not doing. Continue to pray for him. But you focus on fulfilling your purpose that I've given you. And I'll never forget that. And at that time, my purpose was uh, picking people up on the church van. They needed a driver. And uh, there was one man in the church doing everything. And he just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'll drive the church van. And I did. And it was such a blessing. And we picked up one group of kids every Wednesday that lived across the street from my mom. It was about five or six of them. And their grandmother was raising them because their mom was out on the streets and she was having some challenges herself on drugs and things like that. And I would pick them up and, and they would be, the, they were like, please take us home last, take us home last. And, and so my kids were in the van too, and they would just have such fun, good time. Well, I didn't know later, maybe a couple of years or so later, uh, their grandma passed and I had the opportunity of leading their mother to Christ. And it was just so powerful. And now that mother, <laughs> glory to God, many years later, she's serving the Lord. She's a grandma uh, to those kids that I would pick up who have their own children, whose kids are now in college. And it's just such a beautiful story to see how when you use your gifts of God, how it, it it's like planting that seed and how it grows and grows. And, uh, you, you know, it's like, wow, look at what God has done. And just by reaching one, 
<laughs> and how you went in fulfilling your purpose. It is such a blessing. So don't back off from it. Don't let conflict do it. And I'm going to tell you, it was a lot of conflict driving that van. Lots of it. Waiting on people to come out. They weren't ready on time. And, you know, getting home late and getting my kids' homework done. It was so much, but it was so well worth it. My kids were so much more well-rounded and you know, they got to fellowship with others. It just helped them so much in their social skills, period, being in church. Uh, but what about you? What has God given you? What are your gifts? You got them. Use them to build the kingdom of God. Stop saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. You know, I'm, I'm not the one, Lord, like Moses said. You got the wrong person. No, he's got the right person. He created you. He knows what he put in you. So get going. Get busy doing what God called you to do. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries. Dot org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.